Hi everyone, uh, welcome back to Psych on the Mic. Um, I actually sat down to record an episode yesterday. Um, it was the 26th of January, um, as officially known by our government, uh, Australia Day. Um, and I was going to do an episode on the impacts of marginalisation on our First Nations people. But I think I got about 20 minutes in and I was like reading facts off this website and I was just like, I'm not feeling this. <laughs> and I just, I don't know, I had this really strong feeling that it wasn't right. Like it just didn't feel right. And I just felt like another white person, like harping on about my opinion about their culture. And so I didn't do it. I hit stop and I thought, look, I'll come back and maybe touch on it tomorrow, but um, focus the episode on something entirely different. So I thought I could at least discuss it a little bit at the start of this episode. Um, but I think when I tried to record it yesterday, I just thought I can't do a full episode on this. Like I just can't do it justice. I don't think anyone can do it justice to be fair, but, um, yeah, anyway, um, first and foremost, I'd like to acknowledge the land that I'm on recording this episode. That's not something I've previously done in my other episodes, but it's something I'd really like to start doing and continue doing. So I'm on the beautiful lands of the Gumbungia people, and I would like to acknowledge their elders past, present and emerging and pay my respects to them all and just, yeah, share my thanks for allowing me to be on this beautiful land, um, just surrounded by all the beautiful wildlife and the scenery and the waters. Um, it's just a beautiful place of the world. So thank you. And just wanting to touch on briefly um, how I felt yesterday with it being Australia Day. Um, as a kid and, and pretty much all through my teens, I used to celebrate it and I used to wear the British flag. Well, I call it the British flag because, like, Brits created it and it just looks very British to me. Um, <laughs> it's technically the Australian flag. Um, but, yeah, I used to really celebrate it, you know, have the barbecue with the family. Um, and yesterday I did... I did do some activities socially, but I went into those activities really consciously aware of what that day might mean to other people. Um, and I um, actually did a little acknowledgement. So I'm a <laughs> totally random. I'm a dragon boat paddler. Like I paddle in a dragon boat. I know. Crazy. Google it. Um, I might've mentioned this on a previous episode. So apologies if I'm, um, repeating myself, but it is a pretty out there hobby. So yesterday we had, um, a dragon boat day, um, where we joined with another club and I'm usually in charge of doing like the warm up dancing or the warm up aerobics, I should say. So I pick a song and I play it on a speaker and we all get into it. Um, and yesterday I picked two songs. The first one, um, called, um, 
I think it's called, hang on, I'm going to have to Google this because I don't want to get it wrong because that's very disrespectful. Um, let me just have a look-see. So the song is called January 26 by AB Original. Um, and oh, it's such a powerful song. Um, I really encourage you to go and look at the lyrics if you've never heard of it before. Um, it became famous on Triple J. Um, it's a hip hop rap song. It's, it's lit, like legit lit. <laughs> um, it's very, yeah, very humbling to listen to. Um, and it's just about the fact that we still haven't changed the bloody date. So for Australia day, um, we call it that our government call it that, but for a lot of people, it's a day of mourning. It's technically invasion day when the Brits rocked up on the shores of Australia basically took over, said they discovered it, discovered Australia, but they didn't. Um, that's false history. Aboriginal people were here first and it will always be their land, always was, always will be. Um, when I say Aboriginal people, I always am conscious that some people prefer that terminology, some people prefer Indigenous Australians, some people refer, uh, prefer First Nations people. So you might hear me refer to any of those throughout because I am conscious. Um, so anyway, I chose that song. So I played that first. We did a bit of a warm up and then I went into a song called um, Headphones by Baker Boy. So both of these artists are Aboriginal um, and the the other song was a little bit more lighthearted and had um, not as powerful of a, of a message, but I still wanted to really honour um, Aboriginal artists by playing them through our warm-up. So, um, and, and yeah, I did a little acknowledgement of country as well. Um, and that felt really good to do that. It just, it just felt right. And... I have had conversations with, um, had many conversations with, uh, several Aboriginal staff members that I have the absolute privilege of working with. One of those is my supervisor, my clinical supervisor. Um, and we were having a conversation around how to approach the feelings that come up when you're say entering an Aboriginal mission as part of your job or seeing Aboriginal people, um, out and about in the town. Um, and just this, I guess for me, it was this intense sadness that I felt when I saw them, um, I guess living in poverty and struggling and, um, just not appearing happy in these spaces we've created for them, which makes perfect sense. Um, you know, we've, we've placed them in these missions outside of the main townships and yes, we've built them these houses, but it's all under our rules. Do you know what I mean? And, um, anyway, I shared that with him and he just said, please don't feel sorry for us. If anything, feel shame at white people and what they have done to the, the Aboriginal culture, um, because everything you see, every behaviour, every experience you see being lived um, by First Nations people is the result of white people's marginalisation on First Nations people. 
Um, and when I say that, I'm talking about like unpleasant behaviors and experiences. So not, not when they're, they're out there thriving and, you know, doing corroborees and there's beautiful ceremonies and, uh, they're welcome to countries and they're dancing and singing. Like that is just resilience <laughs> in the face of massive adversity. Um, so I would encourage you all out there, if you see Aboriginal people out and about and you have negative thoughts or feelings or you feel sad or whatever it might be, try your best to shift that and try to shift it to a perspective of shame on our white people and our white culture that has attempted to destroy Aboriginal people's culture. Um, we really did a terrible thing when we arrived on this beautiful land and the impacts of that will I don't think will ever go away because intergenerational trauma, which is the impacts of trauma from one generation to the next, which are passed down. And that it's pretty unavoidable because we, we process trauma on many levels, even on unconscious levels. So I don't think that's ever going to go away. Um, and that's our, horrific legacy that we've left these people um and yeah I think it's really important to be aware of that to really question yourself your beliefs your morals your values your judgments about this culture about these people and really start to challenge it and really do some research do some reading because I think the biggest thing for us white people is ignorance we are a very ignorant um culture we are just oh, like I've this actually brings me like feelings of disgust and I'm like getting all goosebumpy talking about it but I've heard white people say why can't they just get over it it's been long enough and oh man sorry I'm just really angry thinking about people saying that um, do some research, honestly, those people like they just represent the most ignorant people. Um, and I think really need to dive deeper and get a better understanding, um, of what intergenerational trauma is of what us white people have done to the first nations people and to pull your head in basically. <laughs> And I think a lot of people choose to be ignorant because that's easier. Like if you are ignorant about something, you don't have to really feel the feelings about it, but you owe it to yourself. You owe it to those people around you and you sure as hell owe it to the First Nations people to not be ignorant anymore. Um, and as you can probably tell, I'm very passionate about this. Um, and I, I'm not going to say any more on that. That's, that's my piece for today. Um, I just really encourage you, if anything, from this point forward, reflect on your own beliefs and values. 
around these issues, challenge them, change them, modify them. And once you've done that, educate yourself, educate other people, educate everyone around you so that we can spread the word and we as individuals can make some serious changes. Well, that got really deep. Um, oh, yeah. So what I was going to talk about today, because it's something that comes up a lot. Um, I get messages from friends and family, um, not so much asking for my psychological advice, but asking for assistance in how to get psychological support and advice. And that is something I am more than happy to help people with because it's hard to find the information. It is like impossible, actually. It's really challenging. And because I live and breathe it, I struggle to realize that most people out there have no idea because it's not it's not general knowledge. And so I'm like, oh, I need to do an episode on this. Like, legit, legit, legit. Um, so um, I think first and foremost, there's, there is going to be people out there that know the answers already. And please, again, just given the tone of this episode, please share that knowledge because you just don't know who's struggling out there and you never know, just you having those conversations might inspire them to go to their GP and get a mental health care plan because they're not okay and they can't tell anyone they're not okay. But now that they know what to do, they can go and tell a complete stranger and have complete secrecy and non-judgment about how they're feeling and get better. So please, if you already know all this, share it. And if you don't... um listen. (laughs) So, um, I'm just going to have a sip of my coffee because I just made it and it's coffee time. Oh yeah, that's good. That's real good. And I'm going to attempt to paint my toenails whilst recording the pod because I figured that would be, um, pretty possible, pretty achievable. Um, I'm very, very, very lucky and blessed. Oh, sugar. (laughs) Um, I'm about to go on a cruise with my dad, um, which is so exciting. Um, we're just, it's an Aussie cruise. Um, it's a culinary cruise from Sydney down to Melbourne and Tassie and back five nights. Um, and I'm so excited. Um, you might be thinking with your dad, like, what about your mum or your husband? Well, my husband isn't a big fan of travel. Um, so he's a bit of a homebody and I respect that. And he respects my need to travel and my mom. Well, I'm actually going on another one with my mom in March with my best friend from high school and her mom. <laughs> so that's going to be fun. And my dad heard about it and was like, Oh my gosh, I've been trying to get your mother on a cruise, our whole marriage. Like they're still very happily married, mind you. Um, and I was like, all right, dad, well, look, let's go on one together. Because he'd probably feel like a bit of a gate crasher on a ladies' cruise, let's be honest. So, yeah, going on a cruise with my dad. So, cool. Cute, cool, cute. Um, Alright, on to what I actually came to do for today's episode. I think it's 15 minutes in or something like that. 
Um, so if you are someone out there that needs support and advice, Google is honestly going to be a pretty good source of information for you. Um, depending on your age, so Headspace sees people between their 12th and 26th birthday, right? So if you're a young person out there that's really struggling or you're a parent with a teenager, and this, this of course, this whole conversation is going to be very much Australia focused. Like I don't really know that much about other countries' mental health systems. So if you're listening from another country, this may not be all that relevant and I apologize, but I hope you still continue to listen because you like my podcast. Um, so if you are a young person or a parent of a young person and you think, oh, they could really do with some support. So you can just pop into Headspace, um, either with the young person or without, but ideally with, because it'd be good if they knew that you were making a referral for them. Um, you can also call up. So if you don't live nearby the center and all of this information is online where the centers are, you can just Google Headspace Australia. Um, you should be able to find a bit of a map with, places on there um they do have lots of centers around australia and they've also got what they call like outreach so that's where there might not be a physical center but they have staff that go to that place generally on a weekly or fortnightly basis so please pop on there and have a look see when your nearest one is um if you're not super close give them a call tell them you want to make a referral you don't need to see the doctor initially. Um, I'll explain what I mean by that first. I mean, later. <laughs> oh dear, I make myself laugh. Only child. Um, so, yeah. Okay, so you go to Headspace or call them. Tell them you want to make a self-referral. They're going to gather some information from you, either off the phone or in person. Um, the young person, depending on their age, so... Um, I'm pretty sure if they're 14 or above, they can go to Headspace without parent consent. Under 14, they need parental consent. However, if we judge them to be a mature minor, which I I think is 14, in between 14 and 16 anyway, but um, I'll let someone out there that knows more be the expert on that. Um, again, Google. <laughs> um, anyway, so ideally, yeah. They'd have your consent, as in a, the young person would have the parent's consent or the parent would have the young person's consent or both or vice versa. Um, and then from that in intake, not intake, sorry, that's the wrong term. From that initial self-referral appointment, so what ends up happening then, sip of coffee. Um, it's quite warm, so that's why you're not hearing up. Um <laughs> Gosh, I, my brain is crazy. So from that um, self-referral, um, generally within like a week to two weeks, depending on obviously how busy the centre is, um, they'll give you a call and book in what they call an intake meeting. And in that intake meeting, they perform what they call a heads assessment. Um, and that covers pretty much everything. So getting a really thorough history of your home life, your educational work, um, alcohol and other drugs, um, how your mental health is, any suicidal ideation, 
um, your hobbies, um, what else? Sleeping, eating, um, everything and any, anything. I'm not going to go into detail too much on that. So they do a full assessment and then basically from that assessment, and, and these assessments are performed by um, youth workers, based on that assessment, they then decide whether or not you require what they call like a short-term um, intervention with a, with a youth worker or um, whether or not you require further support and intervention from, say, a psychologist that's going to be a little bit more intensive and generally longer term. Um, and they also might find out, okay, you also need doctor support and you need, um, support with employment, all that kind of thing. So it's pretty useful just to make that self-referral and do that intake to know where you're at, to know what's available. You're going to come away with that from that appointment, having a bit of an idea on really basic and simple resources you can use right now to feel better. Um, and then based on their clinical judgment, they're going to um, refer you on to whoever they think is appropriate. Ideally, um, if it's like mild to moderate, they'll can, that same caseworker or youth worker might continue seeing you for maybe four to six sessions, um, depending on their availability. So I'm aware I'm, I'm, very, I'm honing in on Headspace at the moment. And I think this is just my youth focus, knowing that a lot of teenagers are out there struggling with their mental health. So 12 to 25 years, up to your 26th birthday. Um, if you're just about to turn 12, give them a call, see what they can do. They might be able to book you an appointment in advance. Um, so, yes, so that's one way of getting support. Another way is to go to your GP and get a referral to see a psychologist, say, at Headspace. And that's kind of like a quick, it's, well, I mean, there's probably going to be a wait, but it's a little bit more streamlined because it means you'll generally go in to see the psychologist first and they will complete that full intake and assessment. So if you're someone that doesn't like to see multiple people, that's probably your best bet. If you're someone that doesn't mind and the more people, the better, more support, the first option. Um, some centers have a doctor you again can call and ask this or it might be on their website. Um, and that's super handy because if you need things like referrals or blood tests or vitamin D shots, whatever it might be, they're on site and you can book in and see them. It's all bulk build. I failed to mention that. I think for most headspace centers, all services are bulk build. Everything is free, no out-of-pocket expense. So that's a huge advantage of getting support there. Now, outside of headspace, Either you, you might be a young person that just doesn't want to go there or you might be under 12 or over 26 or 26 on, I should say. Um, I would suggest go to your doctor first and foremost about your mental health. If you've got a good doctor with knowledge of mental health, they'll actually do like a brief assessment of your mental health and functioning and that'll give them an idea of what to do next. Um, so if you're coming out as severe, like severely depressed and anxious, they're, they're going to want to act on that pretty quickly and they'll probably make a referral to a psychologist. Um, now if you prefer to choose your own, again, Google, Google psychologist in your area and have a look, shop around. And I mean that <laughs> shop around, 
Um, see who you like the look of or the vibe of or the, you know, you read their little bio and you're like, they sound nice. You might even just like the sound of their last name. Whatever floats your boat. If you see someone you like or you hear from someone else, oh, I've been seeing such and such, they're great. By all means, go into your doctor prepared and say, I really would like a mental health care plan and referral to see XYZ. The doctor will absolutely adore you for being so prepared and they're likely to, you know, fulfill that request um, and have you walking out with a referral that day. Um, Generally, they send the referral to the psychologist and the psychologist will contact you to make an appointment, but not always. I would always ask for a copy of the referral and then you can make contact with that psychologist and say, hey, I've got this referral letter here. When can I book in to see you? Because um, that can be quicker. Um, so just coming back to what's actually needed to see a psychologist. So you need a mental health care plan. Okay. Um, that is a document. There is lots of information about mental health care plans that's kind of a bit contradictory. So basically, so I've been told by people they expire after two years. Some say one year. Some say they never expire. What's most important is you need an initial mental health care plan. Um, So if you've never had one before, make sure your doctor does one because that activates something in the Medicare system that allows a psychologist. Hang on, I'm just going to make sure this is still recording because it just logged me out. Oh, yeah. That, um, yeah, it activates something in the Medicare system that enables the psychologist to bill for your sessions. So that's really important. In conjunction with the mental health care plan, you, you usually get, so the plan, sorry, is generally can be five to 10 pages long. Um, sometimes the doctors will put a lot of detail, sometimes not much, but it's generally more than one page. The doctor's referral letter, on the other hand, is generally one to two pages long. Excuse me. And that is um, generally, as a general rule, and I will just have a little caveat here, please call Medicare for advice because this is always changing and I cannot, um, I cannot state for a fact that this information is 100% accurate, but this is based on what I know. And what I follow. Um, So the referral letter, like I said, one to two page document, that letter will have on there which psychologist you can see. Um, And if you see one psychologist and you decide, oh, no, I want to try someone else, you technically need a new referral letter because the name and the address on the referral has to match the practitioner or the clinician. If, say, you've got a referral for just headspace, um, then it's up to Headspace to pick which psychologist um, is available or appropriate to see that person. Um, and that can actually be handy because um, the doctor might not always know which psychologist is available or appropriate. So a generic, you know, just Headspace is actually quite good. Um, if there's other psychology clinics out there, you can do the same thing. Like, um, yeah, psychology clinic, wherever it might be. And then again, it's up to them to pick who you can see. The beauty of that too, is that if you decide to change practitioners, 
you can still use that same letter if it doesn't have a specific practitioner on there. Um, but oh, sorry, I just kicked the microphone, uh, the stand. Um, <laughs> but you've just got to keep in mind that however many sessions you've already used um, will like it doesn't just refresh by like it doesn't automatically refresh for the new person. So say you've used two sessions with Bob and then you could decide to go and see Joe um, and there's, and the referral was for six sessions. You've only got four sessions left to see Joe and then you got to go back to your doctor. So just keep that in mind. Um, generally the referral letters last for 12 months. Um, I've also heard that it depends on what the letter states. So some will say this referral expires in 12 months. Some won't say anything, which is a bit ambiguous, but I would always go off 12 months. So let's say you got a referral in March and so then it would expire the following year, March. You decide to spread your sessions out. Even when you hit January of the new year, if you still have sessions left on that referral, you can still use them. Um, it can get very complicated with new calendar years and referral letters, but technically you don't need a new referral letter just because it's a new year. If you've run out of sessions, of course, you will. But if you haven't, you can still use that referral as long as it's valid and it hasn't expired yet. So I hope all that makes sense. Um, so where was I up to with everything? Um, so referral letters will generally have most doctors will put on their six sessions. OK, that's generally the rule. Some won't even put any, but you can't use it for more than six now. Before with COVID and additional sessions, you could technically when you had additional. But back to the old rules now, um, we only have access to 10 sessions a year and you've got generally six in the first instance and then you can request an additional four for that same calendar year. So I know I, I'm just going to be confusing everyone because I know I just said you can use it in the next calendar year. But technically, you only have a quota of 10 per calendar year. So say you got a referral in March, right? Um, it said six sessions. And so you, you've never used any. And then you used five of them before the new year, right? Then the new year hits and you've still technically got one left on your current referral, right? So you've used five. Let's... Just for argument's sake, let's say you've used five in 2022, um, tw start of 2023, um, and you want to book another appointment with your psychologist, you've got one left on your current referral because it's January. And if you use that referral, so that uses up the final remaining session on your referral from 2022. However, if you've used it in 2023, that comes off your 2023 quota of 10 sessions. So technically then you've only got nine left in 2023. I hope that makes sense. But again, going back to 2022, you've only used five out of the 10. Unfortunately, they don't roll over. So because, because you didn't use the other five, it doesn't matter. Unfortunately, you can't roll them over into 2023 you're back to a fresh 10 you can use your old referral if you have sessions left and it's still valid 
but it does come out of your 2023 10. Okay. Very confusing. Took me years to get my head around that. Um, very frustrating. And when you go back to the doctor to get a referral for another four, this is really going to stuff people's brains up because it did mine for many months. Um, <laughs> you can actually request a referral from the doctor for six more sessions. So you've just used six and you can request another six. Now, remember that equals 12 because I can do math. I know. So proud. Um, but you can only use 10 in a year. So let's go back to the March 2022 example. You've used, how am I going to do this? All right. So you've used, um, you've used your six. All right. It's, um, and, and now it's September. So this is a totally different example, but same timeline. March 2022, you've used six. It's September. You go back to the doctor the doctor does you a referral. They can choose at their discretion to do it for another four sessions or another six. Now, the beauty of the six is then it prolongs the time to when you have to go back to the doctor again. Okay. So it's September. You've gone and got another referral. The doctor's decided, I'll give you another six. Remembering you only have four left to use in that calendar year. So once you've used those four, despite the fact you've still got two on the referral, six plus four is 10. You've used your 10. Done. You've got to wait till 2023 to then book in for your two remaining sessions. And those will come off the referral from September 2022. Okay. Remembering you've then used two sessions already in the new calendar year, meaning you then have eight left. You then go back to the doctor again. They do a referral for up to six sessions. You do the six. Then you've used eight. Yes, I can do math. You've used eight, right? Then you've still got two left. Again, you can go back to the doctor. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> go. <laughs> um, it's that coffee, man. Um, use, sorry, get a referral for an, up to another six, but you've technically only got two left in 2023 now. So then you've got to wait till 2024 to use the other four, so on, so forth. And this just can keep rolling along for however long you're engaged in psychology. Very confusing, not up to you to keep track of. It's the psychologist's job, but I just want to explain to you the mechanics behind it so that you know what's going on. And look, this podcast is for anyone, psychologists and non-psychologist so I feel like this information will hopefully be useful to everyone listening back to painting my toenails so that is a very clear <laughs> will you be the judge of that the clearest um, version of that that I can give about uh, mental health care plans and referrals um, if you don't just coming back to if you don't know who to go to you can rely on your doctor for that information. If you see a psychologist, look, I would give it at least two sessions to really determine whether or not someone's right for you because it is, it's a personality fit, okay? And I did allude to this in my last session. Um, last session, <laughs> wow, last episode.
um, it's a personality fit. So give it a bit of time, but at the same time, like we were just saying, you've got limited sessions. So it's up to you to, to not rebook if you don't actually like the person. If you're not vibing, don't rebook. If you feel confident enough to actually tell the person you're not vibing, you are amazing and I want some of your assertiveness. Please give me a thumb. Most people don't because it's really scary. So, look, us psychologists understand we're not going to be the right fit for everyone. We would much prefer you go to someone that you actually vibe with because if you ain't vibing with us, we're probably not vibing with you either. Like, it's a mutual thing vibing, isn't it? Come on. So, with all that being said, shop around. Um, don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, there is plenty of information online about so many topics. Try to find reputable sources that either look or sound legit. Um, but if you you know if you're looking for information, go to websites and sources that. You know, they specialize in mental health, like things like the Black Dog Institute and Beyond Blue and Lifeline, Headspace. Like, they're going to be saying some pretty factually correct stuff. Like, you'd hope so. Um, (laughs) But look, there are a lot of online chat services available as well. Um, So I know, I think Lifeline has online chat as well as the phone calls. Um, I think Headspace does too. Again, I don't want to sprout on here about what resources I'm an expert on because I'm not. Um, only this one. <laughs> Good joke, Lisa. Um, <laughs> so yes, be your own judge because you are the best judge of what's best for you. You are an expert in your own life and you need to pat yourself on the back and give yourself credit for that. And, um, just don't stop until you're satisfied basically. Um, same goes for doctors. Not all doctors are trained in mental health. They have a lot of ground to cover in their profession. Um, and for that reason, a lot of them don't choose to know much about mental health because it's just too much. Like that's my whole profession and that's a lot. So just bear that in mind. And again, shop around for a doctor if you're not satisfied. Um, I've seen several doctors in my time on this planet. Some have been great. Some have been average. Some have been pretty good. My current doctor though is amazing. I hope she's listening to this. Shout out. (laughs) You know who you are. Um, she is so good. She does like mental health screening every session. Like, and I'm just like, you are a boss. You are a boss lady. Like she is nailing being a GP. Um, And look, there are lots of GPs out there that are nailing it. So find one that is. Um, And again, it's a personality fit. You've got a vibe. You've got a vibe with your GP. They get all up in your business. They get all up in your personal spokes. You've got to get like pap smears and stuff and get your balls fondled. (laughs) Oh, I'm so sorry. I I actually have a very sick mind. But yeah, if you are going to have your balls fondled by this person, (laughs) if you have balls like this, You've got to be comfortable, man. Like, you've got to be vibing with your ball fondler. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. So, one other thing I wanted to say, because I feel like um, this episode's been going on long enough, and I've nearly finished painting my toenails, so life goals. 
Um, oh, sugar. Just, ugh, damn it. You know, when you like, um, accidentally, oh no. Oh dear. <laughs> when you accidentally like touch it when it's not dry. Oh my gosh. I was trying to paint one of my other nails and then my big hand got in the way and touched my big toe. And it's like, that's the feature nail. <laughs> anyway, I think I fixed it. Oh yeah. Okay. Now I'm looking at that toe. So, um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, that's right. Um, so I just wanted to finish off by saying that our profession as psychologists is a very unique one. So for most people, when they go to work and come home, they can switch off. And when I say most people, I'm aware there's a lot of other jobs, not just psychology, that that is actually extremely hard to do. But ours is unique in the fact that like our primary focus, right, is on mental health. Now, us psychologists, just like every other human out there, we are never, ever away from our own thoughts and feelings like ever you can't switch that stuff off like you really can't okay so I would just like to take a moment to <laughs> to really acknowledge the fact that yes we can come home and we can switch off from you know the client work and all the administrative tasks but we can't switch our brain off and then you're left with this really annoying dialogue where you're like oh my gosh stop it like you're a psychologist you should know what to do gosh like gone totally napoleon dynamite gosh tina you fat lord <laughs> oh my goodness um anyway so yeah, I just really want to acknowledge that, that that's hard. Like I have days where if I'm not doing enough, like if I don't have a very structured day, I'm, I'm on struggle street, man. Like, cause I'm just alone with my own thoughts and my thoughts are like, you're an expert on mental health. You should know how to get your healthy mind working and optimally functioning 24 seven. And, I'm, and then my other little voice in my head's like, shut up, shut up. And then this other voice is like, just turn it all off. I'm sick of hearing your voice. It's so annoying. Oh, man. If you could be in my head, like, pfft. And when I say I hear voices, I meant my thoughts, by the way. Just an FYI. We all have little thoughts and different people in our heads well we kind of do in a way like let's be honest but um the other day I heard something it was um very internal family system focused about just embracing your inner critic being curious about it not beating it up and telling it to shut up but instead being like hi there what are you doing What's going on in your world? <laughs> oh my goodness. And that's easier said than done. But I feel like that technique is quite profound in many of the therapies that we train in. So here's a little tip for you. If your inner critic is going off, just reframe it. Oh, there goes my inner critic again. I wonder what's triggered him today. He's a little bit louder than usual. What's going on for him today? What's he doing? 
having a hard one, isn't he? <laughs> but look, at the end of the day, your thoughts are just words in your head or images or movies or like however you visualize. Like just, just be curious and don't, don't criticize your inner critic. Because <laughs> that's like, that's like inception of critics on a whole nother level. And you just don't want to go there. So, yeah. So, um, I'm off later this afternoon with my father. I am your father. Um, <laughs> but, um, today I've spent the day. Oh, there's my dog barking, borking. Um, I got up, I had breakfast and read my book. Oh, that reminds me, I've got to finish reading my book because I want to take a new book on the cruise. That's my brain. That's my brain. I'm just looking at my books in the shelf right now and I'm like, which one haven't I read? I think there's only one I haven't read there. Okay. Anyway, got to pick a new book. So then I did that and then I took my dogs for a walk down the lane. Down the lane! And I loved that. They were running rampant on their long lines. And then I came back, did a bit of a weights workout, watched some OG Heartbreak High. I'm up to season six. Very keen to finish. I only got like 75 episodes to go. Um, and then what else did I do? Oh, I, yeah, sorry, I did some, yeah, weights, heartbreak high. And then I made myself a coffee and decided to come on here and talk to you fine people. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> um, anyway, I've rabbited it on long enough. It's been, um, I'm going to say 45 minutes. And um, I hope this episode has been helpful. Please share it um, with anyone out there you think might need some help or advice. Um, but look, just Google it. That's probably your best first port of call. Ring around and don't stop till you get enough. Don't stop till you're satisfied. Keep on. <laughs> shop around. Shop around for a psychologist. Keep on. Keep up till you get enough. I don't even know what I'm singing now. Okay, I'm going to stop because it's getting cringy. I think it was cringy about 10 seconds in. But anyway, bye. Psych on the mic. Psych on the mic. Psych on the mic.